is coming up now. There are some of you here, God is going to bless you with financial intelligence. Financial intelligence. You know, I didn't say money, but financial intelligence. If you have money and you don't lack you lack financial intelligence, money will not last in your hand. Financial intelligence is the wisdom to manage, to make, and to multiply money. Are you with me? Financial intelligence is the wisdom and the discipline to make, manage, and multiply money. There are some of you, you have money. People have given you big money before. But before you can say Jack Robinson, you could not account for the money. How many of you can say that to be true? Are you with me? It's a proof of a lack of certain degree of financial intelligence. But when you have the required financial intelligence, 1,000 will enter your hand and it will look like 1 million. Do you know why? Because you have the wisdom and the discipline to make, manage, and multiply money. That intelligence is coming upon someone here. That intelligence is coming upon somewhere here. Let me speak a prophecy that will come to pass in the next 15 years. My problem is that will you be able to remember? Will you remember? Will you remember? Now for seven people whose amen will be loudest, who have faith and will work hard to make this prophecy to come to pass. The kind of money that nobody in your family I'm talking about your father's father's generation, your father's generation, and your current generation. The kind of money nobody in those three generations have ever had. You will be the one to handle it. Hear me very well, dear friends. Money is good. That's not my sermon for today. But... There is a part of the sermon I'm going to teach. I don't know when that will be. Maybe this week or next week. There are some doors that only money can open. Are you here? The Bible said that there was a wise man whose wisdom saved a city. But soon, soon, that is very quickly, not too long after his wisdom saved the city, the Bible said he was forgotten. Are you with me? And the only explanation the Bible could give for him to be forgotten is that because he was poor. Somebody say poverty. poverty. Never again. You didn't say it well. You didn't say it well. Somebody say poverty. Never again. The Bible said he was wise but poor. His wisdom saved a city, but soon he was forgotten. And the only explanation is that because he was poor. So there is a level of wealth that you need to back up certain dimensions of wisdom so that you can be relevant. Let me pray for seven people again. Those seven people that God has sent me to this morning, you can squeeze yourself into the number. But the kind of money, the kind of wealth that nobody in your father's generation 
your father's father's generation and your generation will ever be able to handle. The Lord is bringing it your way. Mark this word. 15 years after now, you will be living in affluence. You will be living in wealth. There is nothing you need that God will not provide. If you believe I'm talking about you, can I hear your loudest amen? We are going to sing that song two times, but let me give you the bonus of that prayer point. You will have good health. And you will have long life. If you believe you need those two to enjoy well, can I hear your amen? Of my spirit, sing it to sing it to Oh, I am with the Father. No mercies, no boundaries, no limits. Let it fall into the. We are singing it for the last time. Sing it, Friday. I said, Lord, 
why will the doors open up? And one of the answers God gave to me was what was said about Jesus. He said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I come in the name of the Lord, so the doors and the gates must open. Is somebody with me? I'm praying for you, my dearest and brothers, sisters and uncles and aunties. You will not walk alone in life. Yeah. Everywhere you go, it will be you and God. Yeah. That is why doors will open. They open by the reason of the backing they see. What do they see in you that will make them open the door? It says, who is this king of glory? Then he answered him. He said, the Lord of hosts. Strong and mighty. In he said, oh, God, pass, pass, pass. I pray for you, you will not join me alone. Finally, you are going to pray. There will be no limits or boundaries to my success in life. There will be no limits or boundaries. I will succeed and succeed and succeed till I become a success. I will be the next definition of success. What God will do in my life will make me reference point for success. Academic success, spiritual success, character success, success in all dimensions. Some of you are not praying and I'm not happy with you. Lord, let me be a reference point for success. Let there be no limits. Let there be no boundaries. Thank you, Almighty Father. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Lord, this morning we come before you. We ask that you will speak to us by yourself. Let your word come unto us. Let this service be the service through which you will release the keys to the doors of destiny. And let every one of us take as many keys as we want. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Choir, please take your seat this morning. I'll be speaking by the message of God on the title, Keys to Open Doors. Keys to Open Doors. I will share the first phase this morning on the keys that you need to have. Alright? And then next week Sunday, which is going to be a special service, it's going to be a special service by the grace of God. I'm trusting Him for His specific leading. There are two things God is saying to me about next week Sunday. Please join me in prayers that I will hear God completely and I will hear Him through. So that I will not do what God does not want me to do. That's why I'm saying you should not miss next week Sunday. I'm not very certain on how far God wants me to go on those two matters. So please be praying along with me and make sure you are around next week Sunday. I'll be speaking on the keys to open doors. Keys to open doors. Our scripture for this morning is the same scripture we've been considering. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and verse 8. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 and verse 8. We'll read together everyone, maybe from the screen or from your devices or from your Bibles. If you are in there in scripture, can we read together? Everybody wants to go. And to the angel, the messenger of the assembly, the church in Philadelphia, these words are the words of the Holy One, the true one. He who has the key of David, who opens and no one shall shut, who shuts and no one shall open. 
I know your record of works and what you are doing. See, I have set before you a door wide open, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have little power, and yet you have kept my word and guarded my message, and have not renounced or denied my name. The Lord bless his word in the name of Jesus. A key is an instrument used in opening doors or to gain access to certain places. How many of you have seen a key before? I'm asking the obvious, right? Eh? How many of you came to church with the keys to your house? The keys to your house is with you here now. You have it with you. Let me, let me hear the sound of that key. I want to hear the sound of that key. Anybody who gains access to your house while you are here, what will you call that person? I didn't hear you. The reason you will call him a thief is because he does not have your authorization to enter that house. And so when God will give us the credentials of the one who will open this door and no one can shut, one of the first things he said after telling us that he is holy, he is true, the next thing he said is that he has the key of David. The key of David is the authority of David given to him by God. He earned it because he was a man who did two things that the Bible talks about in verse 8 of that scripture. Number one, he said he kept his word and he has not denied his name. So, one of the ways that we earn this key is by keeping the word of God and living true to his name. David said in Psalm 119, I think verse, 1, 1, verse 105 or thereabout, he said, I have kept your word in my heart. 119 verse 11. I have kept your word. I have kept your word. David was going to talk about the building of the temple of God in Psalm 132 or 133 now. He said, I will not give rest to my eyes until I find a place suitable and habitable for the name of my God. Everyone who practices these two things will earn the right to the keys of David. I will find time to teach on this some other time what it means to fear the name of the Lord and to keep his name. But this morning, my emphasis is on the authority to open doors which is delivered unto you as the keys that the Bible talks about here. The key is a symbol of authority. You cannot gain access into a locked place without having the key that opens that place. Sometimes some of you come to church during the week to maybe rehearse or to pray. I see you come around. But the security guards, even without seeing the security guards, you cannot enter this place. Why? It is locked. In order for you to enter, you have to go to where the key is to get the key. 
You see that every one of us have a role to play to have the keys. You don't sit down in your house and ask for the key to the church to be brought for you. Even me, my own office, I cannot enter until I get the key from the security man. Sometimes some of you have called me on phone. Pastor, I want to drop something in your office. I want to pick something in your office. But the security guards will not allow me. Why? My office is locked and I have not given you the authorization. And let me say this again. I will not just give authorization to just anybody into my office. The keys to my office is given to you by relationship. And how you have lived your life to end my trust. So God is saying that he who will open these doors has keys. And he has done two things. He has kept my word and he has not denied my name. May that grace be given to someone here this morning. That was a good place for a better amen. So keys are given by right. By effort and not by luck. You can't be walking on the street and you will see a key on the ground. No matter how beautiful that key is, it cannot open the door to your house. Is that true? You just pick a key, you are looking for your house key, and you just found one key on the floor. Very beautiful like the one on the slide, with beautiful colors like the rainbow. Say, wow, what a beautiful key. When you get to your house, you can use it to open the door, right? Why? It is not the key. If it is not the key, it is not the key. You cannot open the door. I'm saying this morning that there are certain keys you need in life to open doors. Doors will not just open on their own accord. Even the one that the Bible talks about in Acts chapter 12 that was opened for Peter. The Bible said it opened on its own accord. It opened on its own accord because there was someone who opened the door. God had opened the door by the first point I'll be sharing with you this morning. I will rush quickly to begin to share. But you see, Peter was coming in company of an angel sent by God. So the door had to open. Doors don't just open. You need keys to open them. In the same manner, God is saying this morning that like he told Peter in Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 16 verse 19, he wants to give you keys. But you see, that is one leg. The second leg are the keys that by discipline you earn. Paul was speaking about the hair and the sun. He said so long as the sun is still but a child, he does not have access to the throne until he's matured. And then Solomon will speak. He said, woe to you, O land, where your king is but a child. So there are some keys of destiny that you will only have by the level of growth you have demonstrated. Is somebody with me? By the level of development and maturity, by the capacity you have been able to build, by the attitude you have been able to demonstrate. And those are the things I'll be sharing this morning by the special grace of God. So what are these keys that opens doors that you need? 
What are these keys that you need to open these doors? The first key I'll be sharing on this morning are the keys to, yes, give me my first slide, to timely, to, to, to useful. I call them special, timely and useful information. Say with me, special, timely and useful information. I was sharing with a group of young people some two or three weeks ago that there are some job adverts you see on the newspaper. If you apply for the one on the newspaper, it's 50-50. You may get it and you may not get it. Because that announcement is there most time for formality. The real people who have that information, they are giving it to them. They just put it on the newspaper to satisfy your curiosity and to meet the demand of the board of that company. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Most times, job that you see on the newspaper have already been taken. There are many information that we need in life, but because we do not have access to the channels that deliver that information, we can never get it. Let me take you through a scripture. Media, can you get me 1 Samuel chapter 30? In 1 Samuel chapter 30, if you begin to read from verse 11, the Bible was telling us about David returning from a major battle. And when he got home, everything he had had been taken away. Don't be following me with these scriptures I tell the story. On getting home, everything David had had been taken away and some other things were bought. Is somebody with me? If you are with me, say, Pastor, I'm with you. So on his way, trying to find out what to do, the Bible said they cried with his servants. After crying, what did they do? David inquired of the Lord and God told him, follow me on this journey. Go, I will empower you to recover all. And then David set on his way. As David was going, he met a man. Somebody say a man. Amen. David met a man, wounded, beaten and battered, hungry and tired. David met him on the way. He was left alone, and there was discernment. That was why when Sister Larry was praying this morning about discernment, I said, thank you, Jesus. There was discernment to discover that this man will lead him to recovery. And so David went to that scripture in verse, in verse 11 now. He said, they found an Egyptian on the field, and David and brought him to David, and gave him bread, and he did eat, and they made him drink water. See where David was going. See what David was doing. David needed to recover all that he had lost. But he did not know something. He did not know the pathway they had gone. Go to verse 12. And they gave him a piece of cake of feast and two clusters of raisins. And then from there, go to verse 13 now. Let's go to verse 13. David said to him, let's read the next line together. To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I can't hear you now. Uh -huh. Good. Uh -huh. This man was sick. He was abandoned. But he had something David needed. And that is where I am going with you. That you don't walk through life despising people because they don't look like what you need. There are some of you who will enter an office and you will despise the people you meet at the gate. Sometimes the owner of the office may be the gate man for the day. He's looking for a test. 
Go to verse 15, sir. Okay, stop there. Stop there. Let's do this together, boy. Let's go. We made the Chalitites and upon the coast which belonged to Judah and upon the south of Caleb. And we born Zikla. Stop there. Zikla was David's pedigree. All what they were saying, if David was not interested, David did not need that. But because David had cared for this man, David had given attention to this man. This man was willing to divulge special, timely, and useful information. And then he said, we also born Ziklag with fire. David said, hey! So you are the one I'm looking for. Give me verse 15. And David said unto him, Canst thou bring me to this company? Take me to New King James, please. Can you take me to the people that you worked with to carry out this dastard act? What did he say? He said, Can you take me down to this? So he said, Swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hand of my master. I will take you down to this truth. Go to verse 16 now. And when he had brought him down there, there they were spread out all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing. Joshua, why? Because Give me verse 17. Give me verse 17. Then David did what? Uh-huh. 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 You didn't read it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. What did the Bible say there? Not a man of death. No, you didn't see it. What did the Bible say? What a man of death. Not a man of death. Why? Somebody gave David an information. May the Lord give you the discernment to discover men who have information. You enter an office and they say, Ah! We closed the deadline for submission yesterday. But there is one man, he can be of help. Information. Information is the vehicle for transformation. Those who don't have information will be deformed. They will be stagnated. You need information. There are certain things you need. You will not hear them on the street, Bolu. You won't. You won't see it on paper. You need to be connected to the custodians of such information. When you have this information, it will open a door to you. Can I advise somebody here? Don't trivialize people. Don't take people for granted. You may see somebody wearing rags today. He's not a dirty man. That condition may crayfish them back. I said, do you understand what I said? The fish in his real life is straight. His condition that made him to bed. Imagine David will be looking at that man. I want recovery of all I needed. What's my business with a man beaten, tired, hungry, sick, and abandoned? I don't need him. Let him get out. All I need is my recovery. David will not find him. May the Lord give you the discernment to discover men who have information. Amen. Information that will lead to your growth in all dimensions. May the Lord give you discernment for such men. Amen. Let me run quickly. Number two, you need destiny connections and relationships. Destiny relationships. 
we have been told, they come from God through men. God can do all things, but men are his methods. Men are the tools that God uses to build and to shape us. If you have a destiny relationship, your destiny is secure. Let me say something here this morning, dear friends. This is the time to build destiny relationships. Don't joke with those friends of yours that you grew up together. You went to the same school together. You went to bat in the stream together. I know you are in, uh, you are in get, almost get inside, so you don't know what it means to bat on the, in the stream. You don't know what it means. But I'm talking about friends who you grow together from Kekere. Don't trivialize them. They know you in and out. They know where you are coming from. They likely know where you are going. You need those destiny relationships. Let me show you a scripture. Please take me to 1 Samuel chapter 19. He said, I talk about this man. He has the key. These are the keys that open doors. Take me to 1 Samuel chapter 19. The Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 4 precisely. Give me verse 4. Give me verse 4. Look at verse 4 and see how destiny relationships play out. He said, Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father. Was Jonathan and David brothers of the same parents? They attended the same school? Where did they meet? They just met on the street. He spoke well of his father of David to his father and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good toward you. You need destiny relationships to give you access to certain doors in life. I was sharing with one of my spiritual songs by grace, who God has raised high. I said, I hope. You know that I'm not part of those that we need to book an appointment to see you. I hope you know that I'm not part of those that we need to fill the form before I see you. God brings Joshua, the MD CEO of KPMG, and I want to see him. And you will say that, tell him to sit down and wait for me. Eh? Possible, sir. Because I have been involved in his life from small. It's been a long time coming, sir. Not be today. We chat on Instagram, we chat on Facebook, on, uh, on uh, WhatsApp, we call on the phone, we throw bankers and we play together. And I want to see you and you say I need to feel for, then we feel for to see you. <laughs> Destiny relationships. People that will break protocol to give you access. And they will say, Ruth, what do you need? Ah, I know somebody that can help you. Please, the time of your teenage is the time to build destiny connections. People that you will be able to dream together and travel together. Don't carry baggages around you, people going nowhere. NFA, no future ambition. The only friends you have are the ones that will take you out of class to go and play football. Take you out of class to go and play PlayStation. Take you out of class to go and look for trouble in another class. Those are destiny destroyers, not destiny connectors. Don't keep them around you. You walk in an office and your friends are telling you, let's tell them that tomorrow we have 
some deals to clear. We are not coming to the office tomorrow. Why? To tell them we are sick. That is a destiny destroyer. It's not a destiny connection. Disconnect from such persons. David was going to become king, but it was not going to happen outside, number one, the divine anointing, which he had received. But he needed somebody to speak. That scripture we read was when Saul was planning to kill David. When the women in the village were singing David's praise, David has slain 10,000. Saul has killed 1,000. Clapping for David. And then Jonathan went to his father. I want to pray a prayer for somebody here this morning. Jonathan went to his father and said, Sir, my father, the king, killed not David. King James English. Kill not David because he has done nothing against you. Rather, all he has done has been in your favor. If Jonathan did not speak at that time, Saul will kill David. Let me pray for some people here this morning who believe that God has sent me to death. In this life, you will be connected to those who are very connected. You are not getting it. I said you will be connected to those who are very connected. Repeat after me saying in the name of Jesus. I am too connected to be disconnected. Imagine. Do you think Jonathan will take David by hand and we want to enter the palace and then they will say, wait, let's tell him you are coming. Joshua, is it possible that you pick this young man there and you are going to your dad's office and they know you as his son. In fact, without them hearing, they see them, they will know that this is the case of the reincarnated. And then you hold him and you are going there. Oh, wait, yeah, where are you going? They can't try it. Because you have access. Your access is his access. May the Lord give you people who have access. Yeah. I've heard of friends who say that when I was in school, my parents could not pay my school fees. But my friend's parents paid my school fees. Not because I went begging, but they saw in me that there was something inside of me that was profitable to their own soul. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you have friends who you are adding value to their life to the degree that they can speak to their parents for your sake? Teenagers, are you hearing me? Do you have friends that the value you bring into their life, their parents know, and they can say, Whatever that you, a young boy was sharing with us at a meeting one day. He said he traveled to the United States for vacation with his friend's family. His friend's family were going on a vacation. And their son said, Daddy, I will not go if this my friend does not follow us. And the father said, Why? He said, He's my very good friend. I love him. Me and him will die together. <laughs> ah! The father said, What do you mean? He said, Daddy, that's not the truth. I cannot do without him. It's not a boy and a girl, look. Because some of you are ready to say, maybe it's his girlfriend. <laughs> boy, boy. He said, without him, I will not go, I will die. Ah, the father said, no problem, no problem. Tell his parents to come, bring his passport. He said, we don't have passport. He said, we will do passport for him. 
did passport for him, paid his flight ticket, return ticket, lodged them abroad, went with shopping and May the Lord give you friends who have more access to you. But hear this very well. In order for you to enjoy that advantage, you must be a bringer of value. You must be doing something in the life of that friend of yours that his parents will know that if they remove you, that thing will not happen again. Can I ask you a question? Do you have friends that are living because you are living? Do you have friends that are dressing well because you are dressing well? Or you are that friend who, the moment their parents discover that they are your friend, hey, hey, wahala, wahala. May you not be that kind of friend. Let me pray for 20 people that we say amen this morning. May you be a child who brings value. May you be a child who brings honor. In the name of Jesus. Is God helping you already? Are you seeing the kind of keys you need? That there are some keys you don't need prayer and fasting for. It's just your character that will make a difference. Number three. A long-standing commitment to excellence. A long-standing commitment to excellence. Proverbs 22 and verse 9. The Bible says, do you see a man who excels in his work? I think that is the New Living Translation. He said, do you see a man who excels in his work? What did the Bible say will happen to him? He will stand before kings. And he will not stand before ordinary men. Excellence. No. 22, 29, sir. Excellence. What is excellence? Excellence is getting all your boxes ticked. Spiritually, good. Academically, good. He arrives early to class, good. He dresses well. Good. He submits his assignment on time. Good. He is never caught in the midst of people who look for trouble. Good. Excellence is getting all your boxes ticked. Don't be the friend who can preach to 50 people before school close, but you don't do your assignment. That's a bad testimony to the grace of God. You are a bad advertisement signal to God. Don't be the friend who can pray for 24 hours yet. Your uniform is as dirty as anything. Excellence is not just doing what you can do. It is doing what you should do. Say to somebody beside you, excellence is not doing what you can do it is doing what you should do so stop saying i will do what i can do i have done all i can do it's laziness it's mediocrity there is a bar that you must not go below you can't be looking for an a in a particular course and you say, all I can do is 45, so they should give me a. Excuse me, ma'am. Will they give you a? 
Stop doing what you can do. Do what you should do. Have a knowledge of what is required of you and meet those demands. Is God blessing somebody here? Excellence is doing what others are not doing to get what others, to get what others are not getting. Let me rush. Number four, good character. I believe God is making somebody a brand new person by this service this morning. So that you don't sit down and say, hey, it is my village people. All the village people from my father's side, from my mother's side, I command you, fall down and die by fire. You saw your teacher coming to class with loads of book on his head. You refuse to help him carry. It's not village people. It is you people. You. You, you are the people. Only you, you are the people. Every power standing on my way to my next level, fall down. I hope you know you are praying against yourself. Good character. Proverbs 22 verse 1. He says, a good name is better than precious ointment. There are some of you, your perfume, if you use it here, somebody will perceive the smell in Kelly's bus of Akoka. Hello? Say you used to sell perfume. There are some perfume. If you enter one place and you leave, five hours later, the room will still be carrying the aroma of your presence. Don't say no. It's because you are still using two naira perfume. <laughs> Hello? There's one say you gave to me one time. Hey, what's the name? Polo red. There's another one. Is it Barakuda? Bakarat Road. Jesus. Hey! Mommy! What's strong? If I wear that pair, if I enter somewhere, the chair I sit upon, if somebody sits on it and he goes somewhere, the person will carry the aroma. But hear me very well. You can wear the most expensive perfume. If you have a bad name, you are a bad person. He says a good name. Speaking to a good character. Some of you want to greet others. Hello, good morning, sir. Your mates. Ah, I trust the men of today. They will shake you, but they will do you. In your land. When sons, males, want to greet an elder, they prostrate. Faith. Ladies, they need them to greet. But your generation, you have computerized everything. Hi, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, man. Hamba! Stop doing yourself. Sometimes you see that prostration, it will calm down 10 years of anger. You see that kneeling down, that person that has said he will not allow you to go. Abba, your knee that God gave to you, use it to kneel down for somebody. The person will now say, you will not go, I will hold you down. Can you learn how to respect people? This is the first. Honor them. You see an elder before you be standing before you. They want to stand up. Maybe not be weak. 
He's trying to get up, but the power is not I'll there. He's trying to stand. He's looking for what to move. And you are there. You are pinging. You are pressing your phone. You are Snapchatting. What again? TikToking. WhatsApping. Instagramming. Facebooking. Instagramming. What again? YouTubing. Tweeting. Tweeting. May the Lord deliver you. Have good character. Let me speak to that very quickly. Good character involves your dressing. Dress well. Don't dress like a prisoner expecting to be welcome in the palace. You are looking haggard like a prisoner. Your Sukoto is not reaching your waist. You are dragging it. I hope you know that it is prisoners who don't use belts. Because they take it away from them. So that they will not use it to commit suicide. You, your father buy you five trousers. You move That's the belt. That's different. That's they bought you very nice trousers. You use a, what is it called? Stone to sharp it up. You want to wear shredded trousers by all means. Because they rats. The Bible said in the book of Genesis, I think about 39, I can't be very exact now. Joseph was invited by Potiphar to come and interpret his dream. He was in the prison the previous night. When Joseph woke up, the Bible said, first thing, he changed his clothes. Let me even begin. Joseph shower, he bath. He bath. Should I go further? Should I go further? Please bath. Stop smelling. There are some of you, it's nobody older. You are just dirty. Roll on, they sell it 200 naira. Hello. Bring the money, I will buy it for you. They are cheap rollers for 200. They will do their work. If you want the one of 500, buy it. The cocoa is that smell well. Bath. Some of you will bath. The whole of your neck will be black. The back of your ear. I'm teaching you how to bath. When you are bathing, bath, wash all the places, wash all the corners. Don't stand before somebody and say, come. Come quickly now. Are you slow? Part of the opening door, you have to be fast, smart. So, hello, sir. Good morning. I'm talking to you. For example, I'm smelling. So, because I'm smelling, eh, Jamal, you will turn your face to the other side and you will come and say, okay, go on, go on, go on. Okay, so, hello, sir. Good morning, sir. I need your help. How are you here? Nice. You just walk away. Some people. The reason why people don't help them is because they are smelling. Hello, I've seen the two sides though. I work in corporate setting and working in church, so I can tell you some things. You wear shirt, white shirt, the whole of the neck is brown. You are wearing shoe, white base is black. I've told you boys in this church and girls who wear sneakers, the hallmark of your godliness is also inclusive of your cleanliness. Stop being dirty. Dirty people don't get their prayers answered. Good character. Respect the elderly and the old. Bath. Wash your mouth. I don't want to go for that. It can be very bad. Some of you, eh? Your mouth alone. If you look, they will get out. It will go away. Not because you carry power, but because the houses, 
Wash your mouth. Wash it. Wash it. I beg. Wash it. Wash it. Brush up and down, left, right, and center. Brush your tongue. Sometimes the upper part of your mouth is part of it. So you will eat popcorn, indomie, chicken, you will eat egg in this one mouth and you are going to sleep with that. You will come the next morning and you are coming to say good morning. The money cannot be good. Stop locking the doors that God has closed open for you because of your dirty odor. Is God helping somebody? Show up early. I told you those who go late to meetings are the people who do not count others as important. You agree to meet for 8 o'clock and you are coming at 9 without remorse. Quiet people. You come late for the hazard. In our own days, when you come late for the hazard, nobody will tell you, you will just need that, you will behave. You will behave. You will know the punishment for you, whether it is to wash toilet or to clean pastor's office. In your own days, you come late, you will just enter and you will begin to disturb other people's peace. Stop coming late. Tell your neighbor, stop coming late. I need to rush, I need to rush, I need to rush. Okay? Make great decisions. Decisions, I've always told you that they determine destiny. Is that okay? Decisions determines destiny. Alright? Part of your good character is humility. Time will not permit me to talk about that. But some of you, you are too proud to be helped. Let me share something with you. I have a problem. I know I have a problem. But me, I don't like talking to people about my problem. You are proud. I don't like people to know what I'm going through. It is pride. In the book of James, chapter 4, the Bible says, God himself opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Humility is what makes you available to be helped. Is somebody helping God? Is God helping somebody here? Okay, I was talking about making great decisions, right? Make great decisions. Your life is as good as the decisions you make. Decisions to wake up early. Some of you, your school assembly starts for 7 o'clock. If you take for 7.30, it will take you 30 minutes to go to school, to get to school. You will sleep till 7 o'clock. Rise early. Okay? It's not helping somebody here. The next one I want to talk about this morning is hard work and service. Am I affecting you? Am I affecting you? Change. Hard work. Don't be lazy. Titus 3.14 Paul said to Timothy, our people, I'm talking to you now this morning, teenagers, our people, must learn to work hard. They must work for what they need and be able to give to others who are in need. Titus 3.14. Can I shake one table here this morning? Don't call me asking for money when you don't have part of the money you need from me. Hello? Hello? Don't call me. Pastor, I want to buy a phone. How much is the phone? 30,000. How much do you have? Pastor, actually, I don't have anything. You are a robber. If you need the help of, of, of friends who love you, don't take them for granted. 
don't get too many people. You want them to do everything for you. Everything. They will carry you to school. They will be the one to bring out the bag for you from the car. Only you. No, no. Lazy. Your mom will cook for you. She will serve you. You will eat. You will be the one to carry the plate from the table. Ah! Your mother in heaven. I will be your name. She will give you automatic factory research to default setting. With this hand, oh God. You will see stars, glory. She won't tell you what to do, you will just behave. There are some of you here, your mothers are still the ones washing your pants. You want me to mention names? Yes, sir. Eh? Take responsibility! Don't be lazy. You are doing DA, DA. Like, like war. Wash plates. Four plates. You are washing it for one hour. Ordinary assignment. False problems to solve. You are there for four hours. And you see some of you, the problem is not that you are actually lazy. It is the distractions you have accommodated in your life. You are doing mathematics. Your phone is by the side. As you are mathematicing, you are pinging. You are mathematicing, you are Facebooking, you are YouTubing. The mass will not work. Is that okay? Put all those things aside and face your life. Your destiny depends on it. Sir, join ministries in church. Volunteer. This young man and his sister, I know that some holidays, their mom will take them to an orphanage to go and wash plates, wash napping, wash clothes for people who are orphans. Some of you, somebody tell you, please go and help me buy something from the bus stop. The next question you will ask, eh? No. Eh? How much? You are not willing to do anything for free. Everybody must pay you to work for them. Tomorrow you will come and beg them for help, Abby. You see, they have helped you already. Serve. Do things for free. Go to children's church. Help them carry babies. I was nine years old when I began to work in the children's department. Nine. Even not even earlier than nine. I used to wash babies' bumble. I wash people. I remember one, Remileku, I remember, she's a big girl now. She's a big girl now. Doing Instagram and TikTok. I use my mouth to draw mucus from her nose. Hello? I have paid my dues. Serve. Work hard. Help. Be of help. You are some of you. You will be in this teenager church in the morning. We will be cleaning chairs. You will stand like this. <laughs> After we have cleaned the chairs, including me, you will come and do like this. Let me not say more. I want to close. Lastly, I want to speak about honor. Every one of you, open to your your Bible, Ephesians chapter six and verse one. We'll read verse 1 to verse 3 and I will pray for you. Has God helped us today? How much has God helped us today? Very well. Or small. 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Can we all look at the projector screen and read together? Because God wants to speak to some people here. Let's read. Everybody wants to go. Hold on. Hold on. What did the Bible say? How many of you are mothers here? You are mothers. You still have mother? You still have. So to your mother, you are still a child. You have people who play the role of mothers in your life, man. So you are still a child to them. They call you my daughter. So all of us is who the Bible is talking to here. Is that okay? So let's read as students. Want to go? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3 is the promise. Let's read. That it may be well with you, and that you may live long. Leave it there. Let's read verse 4. Because I know someone say, Pastor, read it for that. Read it for that. Okay, let's go. Let's go, everybody. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of somebody say, Yes! I hope you know. Verse 1, 2, and 3 came before verse 4. Wisdom, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Don't expect that your parents will not provoke you to rot when you have not honored and obeyed them. Some of you, before your mommy will say two, you have said 50. Man, I stand before God to tell you. Just last week, somebody was reporting a case to me that the son beat the mother. Tell me, is it true? How old is the mother? She's 65. No, How old is this son? He's still in what class? SS1. No. At the gates of destiny. Sister, you know, at the gates of destiny, open to that boy already. Hear me very well, man. Hear me very well. I can empty 50 liters of anointing oil on you. Pray for you after 50 days fasting and prayer. If you don't learn to honor and obey your parents, you will go nowhere. Trust your parents' decisions. Trust their counsel. Stop arguing with your parents. Some of you, before your mommy will say, where are you coming from? You have explained why you went there, how you went there, how you came back, how what you did there. Ah, Calm down. Calm down. Obey. Simple instruction you cannot obey. Go and wash plates. Why? Shabir Elisha is there. Shabir Yume is there. They want to go and sweep the house. I don't go more. Project try. The anointing of my mother is upon me. Master backhand reset. They have not eaten it because they are good children. But I beg you, I beg you, with everything that is godly, please obey your parents. It may not be convenient. Obey. It may not make sense. Please obey. And please also honor them. What does it mean to honor your parents? Put a crown upon their head. Don't bring shame upon them. Greet them. Wake up in the morning. The girls who live with us at home, my children, they know very well. You greet me in the morning, I will bless you. I will pray for you from the depth of my heart. Let the devil stand upon you that way you will walk upon his head. Honor your parents. Sometimes in 
generally God used myself and my siblings to do something for our dad. Very worthwhile. Very worthwhile. And that sent me a message. My phone is somewhere. I would have asked somebody to read that message. He said, thank you, my son, for doing for me what I planned to do 30 years ago. In less than two months, we solved a problem that was lasting for 30 years. What greater honor will I give to my father? And sincerely, man, doors began to open for us. Doors began to open for us. Also, the seated money came. Somebody thought, dash me money. Almost 600,000 naira. Dash. Dash. Let me break the testimony. Two days ago, you know I told you I bought a laptop with my own money. I have another laptop coming in the month of May. And it's not a small one. Oh no. Oh no. I vow and I tell you today that there are some doors God has opened to me. It's not because I prayed and fasted. Ask my wife, I'm not good at fasting. I fast the little I can. But I pay my price in service. I pay my price in honor. The season your pastor will finish preaching. I will go and carry his Bible, carry his microphone, carry his staff. You, you think I'm doing it because I'm looking for a platform to preach? No, sir. It's honor. I honor him. And so when some things are happening for me today, I can explain it. Sometimes I look at my fathers and I take my top, my handkerchief, my own handkerchief, clean. Every Sunday when I come here, most of the times I come with a new one. Is that okay? I will use it to clean their shoes. You think I'm bribing them? It's honor. Sometimes I look at their collar, it's bent somehow. I help them adjust it. It's honor, sir. Sometimes, not even on their birthdays or any adversary, I buy a small gift. Sometimes 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000, I don't care how much it is. But once it comes to my spirit for anyone I honor, I go ahead and I do it. And strangely, unexplainably, doors begin to open. Dear friends, I counsel you before God. If you want the gates of destiny to open for you, don't joke with this. Don't joke with this. Honor your parents and your teachers. Don't insult your teachers, sir. I've said it at the PTA meeting before. If you are a child that your mother will go to school and fight the teacher because they disciplined you, they have limited your greatness already. Teacher that will stay in the class and shout morning to night, the parent will come and insult them. You insult pastors. You hear people talking about pastors online. You join them. I don't even know he's. I beg you. Don't place a limit upon your destiny when God has opened the door for you. Honor is very critical. I rest my case. What kind of speaker is this? Have you got any questions or you want me to pray with you? Have you got questions? You want me to pray with you? Rise up to your feet. Bring it, bring it. One prayer point first. Lord, give me wisdom to know the price I need to pay for my doors of destiny to be open. Lord, give me the wisdom. Give me the discernment to know the price I need to pay for doors to open for me. Oh dear. Somebody stop praying. You see, it's not a fire prayer. Lord, give me wisdom. To know the price I need to pay for my destiny doors to be open. Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Give me grace. 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 
Oh dear, in Jesus' name we are praying. All eyes closed. You are here this morning, you know that the way you have lived your life and you have managed relationships over time, especially with your parents, you know you have not done well. You have not been obedient to your parents. You have been very disobedient. You are not honoring your parents. And you know that your parents are not happy with you. Wherever you are this morning, can you lift up your two hands to God? I want to pray with you. You know that your parents are not happy with you. They have said some things to your life that are not good. Out of anger and pain. Hear me very well. Under God, those things are valid though. They are valid. But you need help this morning. You want God to have mercy on you. Wherever you are, can you lift up your two hands to God? I want to pray for you. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. I see such a number this morning. Hear what God has asked me to tell you. Whatever you can do, maybe as a gift, I don't know, but apart from the gift, if you can afford the gift, fine. Is that okay? Put down your hands, everyone. Put down your hands. Open your eyes. Look at me. Whatever you can afford, the gift part is just extra. It's not the major. Is that okay? If you can afford a gift, fine. If you cannot afford a gift, no problem. But this is what God has asked me to tell you to do. Go and meet your parents. Kneel down. And apologize to them. Beg them. Mom, Dad, I am sorry. I have done this. Don't say for whatever I have done. Say what you know you have done. And beg for their forgiveness. If you can cry, cry. Is that okay? At the end, ask them to bless you. I'm not going to pray for you today because I will need the blessings of your parents first. I'll pray for you next week Sunday. Is that okay? Yes. I will pray for you next week Sunday after you have done this. Is that instruction clear? Yes. Is the gift compulsory? Is the gift compulsory? No. I didn't hear. Is it compulsory? No. But what is compulsory? The apology, the kneeling down, and the explanation of the very thing you have done, and their blessing. I wanted to pray for you, but God said no. Let your parents pray for them first. When your parents pray for you, come next week Sunday. I will beg God for some dimensions of anointing I have never received before. I will use it to pray for you. Lift up your hands, everyone, as I pray for you. Thank you, Jesus, for these keys you have taught us today. We go forth this week. Please go with us. Amen. Bless every teenager here. Amen. Give us grace to walk on ourselves. Amen. Let us not be too proud to receive help. Amen. Is there any way anyone over the sound of my voice has been shutting the doors that you have opened? Please, by mercy, help them to correct that error. Amen. Beginning from today, every door that is open for you will never be shut again. As I have received grace from the Lord to honor my parents, to honor my pastors, and to honor my elders, the same grace I release it unto you. May you know what to do to honor your parents. May you know what to do to honor your teachers. Thank you, Almighty Father. Let this week be a blessed one for us. As your people go ahead this week to do things they have never done before for good, May your favor go with them. Amen. For the elections coming up this Saturday, may the will of God be done. Amen. May your blood not be shed over this country. Amen. Thank you, Almighty Father. You. Exalt your name forever. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayer. Can I hear you believe in amen? amen? If this is your first time in New Heritage Baptist Church, Teens Church, wherever you are, can I see your hand wave to the Lord? 
It's your first time. God bless you, brothers. Please come forward. Come forward. Oh dear. Good to see you. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. We're so glad to have you here. You are come. Don't go, don't go. You're invited by a friend. Who invited you? You followed him. Have you been here before? It's the first time. Who invited you? Huh? Huh? TJ. Awesome. God bless you, TJ. God bless you. Celebrate TJ for you. God bless you. Ushers, do we have guests back for them? Okay, you know what you do? We pray that the Lord blesses you. Let his face to shine on you. You will go find life. You will be wise unto God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Ushers, please just take them to the guest panel and let them be well attended. So please help me celebrate these guys. Alright, so I look forward to seeing you invite your friends next week so that we can enjoy together. Next week Sunday is going to look like a prophetic service. But it's going to be a prophetic teaching service. How many of you will be here on time next week? Come on, let me see your hand. You'll be here on time. Right, so do what you need to do. Get the church out of your way and be in church. Let's share the goodness of God together by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Have a blessed week, guys. I love you again and again. Oh, God, I bless you.